Hello and welcome to the MHG podcast. Life is miserable, it can be dark and dank, so me and Stu, I'm Bradley by the way, are here to give you a well-rehearsed intro and a bit of joy and a bit of light into your lives. How are you doing, Stu? These get changed every changes. These change every week, Stu. I know, so professional. Yeah, I think it's that continuity and professionalism that the viewing order shit audience want, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah, that's exactly it. You know, you could tell. You know, we pre-record these intros um, to make sure you get the same every week. Um, <laughs> so scripted, oh, so scripted and false. I know. I know, it's, you know, there's nothing real about this podcast. <laughs> Just want to say, do you know something, right? You've not lived, Stu, until, until you've managed to see Chinese and Japanese gymnast athletes receiving Super Lamb Bananas on a podium and the look of utter confusion on their face. Ah, yeah, no, I probably haven't lived then. No, you really haven't. We watched the... Um, gymnastics last night just it was just like we were scrolling through on the t- tv looking for something to watch um because we couldn't be bothered with the football last night um so the gymnastics was on so it was in liverpool uh being held in liverpool world world gymnastics world championships um and it was towards the end britain came third which was all cool for them and everything made the olympics um and the Japanese uh, contingent came second. China came first. Um, so they're getting all their medals. But they also gave out little model Super Lamb Bananas. With them. If no one knows what a Super Lamb Banana is, Google it. <laughs> gave out little Super Lamb Bananas. And all you just saw was about 12 or so people from China and Japan looking at these little models of Super Lamb Bananas with utter confusion on their face and go, what? the fuck like the, the japanese were going look we've seen some weird shit in manga and that before i have no idea what this is meant to be i know i still don't really remember i don't remember what it was supposed to be i mean I, I remember what they are and seeing them everywhere but i don't know what the inspiration was was it no 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 idea basically it was to commemorate uh the different types of produce and stuff that used to come through the docks and uh, in liverpool oh. and everything like that it was produced by a uh, a new york based japanese artist whose name i cannot remember uh, you're lucky you got new york based japanese artists oh, yeah. there, i feel lucky in all fairness um but yeah no uh, it also it's like like when we lived in liverpool um we were still living in liverpool around like the uh capital of culture years yeah and um, they'd done the massive Super Land Banana hunt where there was like 50-odd Super Land Bananas dotted around Merseyside and even one down at Euston Station in Liverpool, uh, in London, sorry. Um, and, yeah, I remember we took Lucas. He was about 18 months old and we took him on a Land Banana hunt and it was just like, no, it was the best day. Um, absolutely, it was a wonderful day out doing those. Yeah. And, like, the whole city, I think it was like... It was there for like a good few like months and stuff like that, but you know there was other people doing the hunts and and stuff like that as well, just getting loads of photos. There was like a Rafa Benitez Super Lamb Banana. Um, there was like a Beatles one, all just different coloured ones to do with all different iconic things to do with the city. And it was oh, it was amazing. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it confuses the hell out of anyone I think who doesn't understand Liverpool yes yeah, I, guess, I guess so but yeah no they were very cool and uh, I, I remember all the repaints and stuff that were really excellent yeah and yeah it was, it was a good thing um, that whole city of culture thing was transformative so that's really cool yeah good oh stuff. yeah 
I, I want one. You I want one. Uh, because you can't get well I've, because of course I've gone and looked. Of course I've gone and looked. You can't get little tiny model ones, which is really cool, uh, like little ceramic ones. But you can also get not like full size ones because the, the one that's still up at the top of um of the city is like about what is it about twenty foot tall? It's massive. The one that you can that's still there. Um, uh, but you could get garden sized ones and I now like if we're, when we do finally get to move and I get a garden I am getting one it should be the first thing on any house owner's list I think well, I'm, I'm also tempted we live in a flat at the moment and I'm trying to think what if I got one and just randomly put it out the front of the flat that'll confuse a lot of people around this way well I mean your building's got a roof hasn't it stick it up there oh, I'm not putting it on the roof <laughs> Down on the garden, the front the front green area. That's that's my dream before we move, is now to get a super lambanana just planted somewhere. Yeah, that would be pretty rad. That reminds me of the guy who put a, a shark in his roof. Did you see that years ago? That was yes, so cool. Yes. Massive fiberglass shark uh, sticking out of his roof. Um, yeah, but at least the shark's a recognisable animal. True. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, what sort of person puts a lamb and a banana together? That guy must have had ADHD or something. He had to have had. (laughs) And you know what? Also, sometimes have weird combinations slapped together. Yes. Just like me and you. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I know what you're trying to do. Uh, I know what you're trying trying to to steal it. it Is it like when you get a Metroid game and a Castlevania game and you merge them together? It is. Video games. Video games, Stu. You're trying to bring me back on track. I like it. And you're trying, to, you're trying to steal my segues, Stu. It was a little bit of a land grab. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm taking over, basically. You've annexed Yeah. Me. No? Is that still a bit raw? I don't know. <laughs> what you been playing, Stu? What you been playing? Well, too soon. <laughs> definitely too soon. Um, I've been playing two things, and I was going to talk about one first and the other next, obviously. But because you mentioned Castlevania, I will mention my Castlevania game first. I've been playing Castlevania. I've been playing uh, the Castlevania Advance Collection on Steam on the deck. Yeah, you made me pick that up. Oh, I? I saw you played it and went, ooh, I had some credit. Through selling, through selling Persona uh, trading cards, I earned about six quid selling nice. Persona trading cards. And I went, oh, I'm going to put that towards Castlevania. But anyway, carry on. You tell me about Castlevania. Oh, yeah. There's there's none more kind of... Well, there is. There's Pokemon. But the Persona people really get into it and get as much stuff as they can. But <clears throat> yeah, no, I, um, I saw it was on sale. I was like, God, I loved those games back in the day. <clears throat> so I am buying that now that I have a deck. So yeah. It's got um, Circle of the Moon, um, Harmony of Dissonance, Aria of Sorrow, and Castlevania X. So for under a tenner, that's a pretty decent collection, really. And yeah, yeah, determine whether it's a decent collection when you can emulate them really comes and especially as I've bought all four of those before, <laughs> you know. So it's not like I'd be pirating stuff because I'd already paid for it. But yeah, no, I've paid for it again. Um, but it is worth it because it does have some really good quality of life features. But I'll tell you what I've played first. I've been playing Circle of the Moon and I've stuck about six or seven hours on it, I think, maybe. And <clears throat> yeah, it still holds up really, really well. So you've got the weirdness of the graphics being really, really chunky because obviously it was designed for a low-res screen. Yeah. But what it does mean 
from an accessibility point of view, is the text is massive, <laughs> which is great. Not for me, I'm not bothered, yes. but it's great to know that it would be good for people with reduced eyesight. So all of the, uh, yeah, all the icons, all the text, really, really legible without having to faff around, and it's been worked into the art so that it's part of the art as well. So excellent from that point of view. Looks good, even upscaled, obviously, it could do with a, a filter. There are filters on some of the games and not others, which is just really weird. And I'm not sure why, but it could do with a, a CRT filter or something just to soften it up a little. But even so, looks good. Amazing that it's over 20 years old now. <clears throat> it's it's kind of... It, all of those games are kind of in the Symphony of the Night mould, some more than others, with Aria of Sorrow being like almost like a direct sequel to Symphony of the Night. But... This one, Circle of the Moon, the first one on Advance, is more towards the classic Castlevania, although it still has yeah. very, very light RPG elements and it still has a, a map that you need to, you know, unlock abilities to reach certain parts of. But it's done on a on the DL, really. It's not as forefront, and it's almost almost a classic platformer. Um but yeah, no, it's 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 a really good Castlevania game. May maybe not in the top five, but you know definitely in the top 10 and the quality of life improvements are really good so it has not only does it have you can save anywhere as well as still being able to save at the save points but it has uh, most importantly a rewind function which is really really important because uh like some of the bosses are a massive step up and you need to do some grinding or make sure you've got the correct stuff and save points can be really really far away they haven't done that thing more recent metroidvanias have done where they normally always stick a save point just before the boss so um some sometimes it can be 10 minutes away and difficult battles and stuff so the rewind feature and save anywhere really excellent and saves you know you're getting frustrated and putting it down and forgetting about it and stuff like that so yeah so far you know obviously it's the very literal opposite of anything new because it's 21 years old but really really enjoying myself playing an old oldish school Castlevania. So, yeah, I mean, I, I've been playing this for a little bit, and um, I, I I really enjoyed it. You know, I did wonder why I bothered to start with, because I, I'd already got them all via Emulation Station. Uh, but what I think this goes to show is if you produce a collection like this, uh, you price it right. You add all the good quality of life updates, such as the um, the save states, rewind features, couple of little bonusy stuff like that. Then it's it's a good thing to have because it's like the ease of just going right. It's on Steam on my Steam library, and I can do it rather than having to go into. I mean, I know you can kind of put them individually on your Steam library, but you still got to do a bit of faff to do that from the original ROMs. But without having to go into emulation station or anything like that, is worth paying that, what is it, just under 10 quid yeah. um, that it is at the moment, which I think is the sweet spot for it. And it's totally worth doing. And I probably don't need now to play the ROMs of this, especially on the Steam Deck. You know, I, I will still maybe play those on my Ambernick or, 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 or something like that because I can't get the Steam version on there. So I, I will use it for that. But you give me that easy use to play these games and I, I will jump on them and I, I will pay for them. Um, and I think that's what these sort of collections prove. Um, 
and more of it, I say. I'd like to see more of it done properly like this because it's a good collection. What is there? Four, say four games on there. Each of them will give you a good few hours on there as well. And they're good, damn good games that hold up today. Yeah. So, um, yeah, you know, they've put a bit of effort in, but they've made sure you still got the original experience with some quality of life updates. Brilliant. Brilliant. Yeah, no, it's very rare that Konami do anything good in the gaming world whatsoever. But I think this this collection's a, a good a good balance and good value and you know yeah good quality of life. You know there are more stuff. There's more stuff you could do, but uh, raise the price point. But yeah, no, I, really good. And the quality of life stuff is essential these days as well because yeah, for so many reasons. But you know, yeah, it's, it's really good and it it kind of brings up that uh, everything this week has been about remakes of horror games. You know, it's all the all the Konami stuff. Mm. Yeah, all Silent Hill, and uh, it's just been like, and all Resident Evil stuff, and it's like, yeah, kind of, some of it's great, some of it's a pain in the arse, there's the Dead Space remake as well, and it, you know, you've you've always got your own personal take on whether so many remakes is a good thing or a bad thing, and I think it's on a case-by-case, but I think remasters, as long as they've got the quality of life stuff put in there and the price isn't exorbitant, they tend to always be a good idea. Whereas, I, mm. you know, the thing I, that chased me about some remakes is that it's taking... Like, what's the point of releasing a Dead Space remake with that level of talent against it when you could do a, a new game, you know? You could even steal a lot of ideas from the original game and, and copy it. But that is just mad to me. Uh, and it's just a waste of talent. Um, that doesn't mean the game won't be crap, but it does mean that a game that could be brilliant won't exist. Uh, yeah, I, I've got the original Dead Space on my Steam Deck. Um, I think I'm playing it through Lutris because uh, I've got it on Origin, I want to say. Yeah. Um, yeah. I've got it on that and I'm playing the original Dead Space through that on my Steam Deck via Lutris. And graphically, it still holds up today. Yes, it does. Yeah. Because of the art style works, because it's dark, it's dank, it, it, it works. Um and they went for an art direction on it rather than just how realistic can we make this yeah. look. And so it works. All that needs is a re-release on a modern system with a couple of quality of life updates. Uh, maybe, you know, maybe just tinkering with the controls a little bit, adding some save state options in there, like I say, the Castlevania collection does. Um, things like that. that's all it needs. I don't. I honestly don't think it needs a remake. It's not that old, and I would rather. Yeah, as you said, I'd rather see a completely fresh new game in the Dead Space franchise rather than a remake because it's going to change what the original game is. Yeah, which is kind of pointless because it's then not Dead Space. So, is it a remaster? Is it a remake? They've confused what it is for me. Um, and it's still, I say, it still plays well. I, you know, I'll say quality of life on controls. There's not much I'd actually change on um, Dead Space. No. Uh, we spoke last week about how Resident Evil's control system works for it and adds to the the fear and the tension and stuff like that because you're fighting the controls which work with the game. And I think it's the same with Dead Space. Yep. It's a bit cumbersome in places, but that makes you feel vulnerable. And if they go too far with like making it modernised, I think you lose that vulnerability that you had in the original game. So, yeah. yeah, and what what they did really well with Resident Evil Four, and like you know, Resident Evil Four isn't my favourite Resi game, 
it's ironically one of my favourite games, but it's not one of my favourite Resi games. It's just, you know, it's like the the Halo shooty spaceman thing that we say, you know, oh, if it was released under a different name, blah, blah, blah. It's, yeah. it's like that, you know, it's like a great game in its own right, but I don't really... like Castlevania Lords of Shadow. Yeah. If that wasn't a Castlevania game, that'd be a bloody brilliant game. Yeah, yeah, I enjoy that game. It's not Castlevania, it's game. but I, I enjoy I, it. I like, I like both. Yeah, yeah, me too. Um, so yeah, no, it's, it's totally fine like that. And, you know, that's always acceptable to take things off in a different direction and do them in a different way. But like you said, it's really good to have that control system uh, locking you out of just being an acrobat and zipping around like you would in an FPS or or in like Devil May Cry, for example. There's a reason why Devil May Cry became its own thing rather than being a Resi spin-off. And yes. yeah, keeping that restriction to me, rather than just like put in some stuff some difficult sections into QTEs because that's a lot of what Resident Evil has done so it's it's gone to a point where they have blocks they have difficult sections that require you know if you had your full controls you'd easily surmount them it wouldn't be a problem and they've kind of got around that by making them QTE QTE sections so you feel like there's a real power taken away from you mm. but they just did that automatically in the original games by having difficult controls which you know, as you say is a design decision um, so that's absolutely fine to have that and then just make your enemies tanky you yourself control very well but the enemies are tanky but that's still not what the original Resis and Silent Hills and Dead Spaces did and yeah, I want to see it. Long-winded way of saying I still want that type of control scheme to still exist, and actually has a has a composite version of that in the next game I'm going to talk about as well. So there you go. Yeah, and I think um, Capcom are really good at um, what they actually do because obviously you could break the Resident Evil series down into its survival horror period, its action horror period, and now its first person modern horror I, I wouldn't even know what to call it, it you know it's it's yeah. very much like that kind of like it's like a cinematic grimy yeah cinematic horror that's a brilliant way of putting it and it that's what we're at now that's going to be seven eight and whatever nine is going to be yeah um, and i like that they break it into that because you could go right what's your favorite period of resident evil um and, you know, I'm not a big fan of the, the middle section um, as Resident Evil games. I think they're all excellent games in their own right. I don't think they're brilliant Resident Evil games, including four. I actually think number six is a really, again, it's a really, really good game. But it's not a very good Resident Evil game. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, it's, you know, but I like that Capcom do that. They basically go, look, we're going to commit to this for what's down you know whether it's by design or whatever or whether it's just that's how it's been we're going to commit to these three games are going to be in this format and that's what we're going to do and then we'll break away from that um you know that's one way of doing it don't want to see remakes um although in saying that at the same time their remake series is its own genre as well so if again capcom is trying if you're gonna do it go all in yeah you know, they are 
that they've somehow managed to break all the rules and make a remake that shouldn't be a remake, but should be a remake that is a remake, but is also a remaster that keeps the original, but breaks away from the original. And <laughs> it's just, it messes with my head what they've done, but somehow managed to nail it where no one else can. Yeah, yeah, tr- absolutely true. And I think that that part where they've kind of developed their series and changed it into something else is, is what most companies should do. And I yeah. think they should always have an eye on the past so that they can keep the original mechanics alive if they can. Um, they haven't really done that second part of it. That's a shame, but, you know, okay. So All this, though, all this is just... I just want to get out. Hurry up and remake Droplets... I burn out, crash. That's it. That's all I want. Yeah. I'll be happy. Well, it's bound to happen, isn't it? It's going to happen. Oh, but they'll, they'll monetize burn out, crash if EA remade that. Well. And I really liked it. I'm probably the only person that ever really liked burn out, crash, the top down one. Right. <laughs> oh, um, well. Just have to play that one then, unfortunately. It don't work. Ah, that's a bummer. It doesn't work on Xenia and it doesn't work on RPCS3. Right. Time, anyway, time to buy a PS3. I could do that and then hack it. Yeah. But then I couldn't play it on Steam Deck that way. This is what I really want. It's a perfect Steam Deck game. <laughs> anyway, 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 before we go down a long road, uh, moving on. So, as you know, I've been trying out different tactics games over the past weeks. Um, and... One, I came across one that's due out later this month, actually. No embargo that I can find, so I think I'm okay. Um, called Oakenfold. Oh. Um, which is basically, it's a turn-based tactics game where, you know, you, you're given... Uh, you know, it's, it's almost a bit like Into the Breach, but on a slightly bigger scale, I would say. Um, you get put onto this grid... Um, and it's of a certain size. You've got these certain tasks that you've got to do. Um, and it's, again, it's turn-based. So you go, like, I'm going to attack you. They're going to attack me. But what this does, and it take, it does something a little bit different, which I really like. Um, and it adds time manipulation in it, into it as well. So you might go, right, I've got eight action points, but they're all done like as, as like a time-based thing. Um, so you might go, right, my first two action points are to get into position and then I'm going to attack this enemy. Um, and then when you attack that enemy, you look like with an attack, it will go, right, you need to take two more action points before it then resets to enable to use that weapon again. So you go, right, so now what I'm going to do is I'm going to take a step back and attack this other enemy with this other action, uh, this other attack I've got, which then resets the original action, and then I'm going to go back to the other one. Uh, and then some enemies, when you attack them, have... Uh, like retaliation attacks as well so when they die they might explode so you what you've got to try to do is can you sort of like attack them and get out of zones or the little blocks you've got to protect you need to keep them away from that as well so you might kill them but they might explode and take damage from the blocks you're meant to protect so what you kind of do it almost becomes like a game of chess so you've got to kind of work out right in these eight action points i go and do this 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 and this Right, but that's not going to lead to that. So you can then just go back and scrub back through your timeline and take another approach before setting it all. Uh, and it just adds a really good level of um, 
of tactics to things. And, you know, I really like it. It allows you to experiment in the game. Um, and it, 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 what it's done really well is it keeps all the um, things you would expect from a tactics game like this, but builds on them to try it to be something a bit different. And I say, the undo system that you get with it is just like, it's free. You, have, you don't get punished for using it. Um, so it's a game that wants you to experiment and get the best out of it. Um, and I just, I really enjoy it. The only issue I've got is it is procedurally generated. Um, so there's, and it's like, it's a permadeath-style game and everything like that as well. It's not quite roguelike, but it's um, it's permadeath. Uh -huh. um, and it's run-based, I would say. That's probably what I would say. It's not like roguelike, but it's like you get runs for it. But bits, Slay the Spy without the upgrades, maybe, is what I would say. I, I, don't, I don't know. Um but yeah, so, you know, you, you go, so you can't go into another level, go, right, this is what I did last time, so I could learn from that, because it could be a totally different setup. So, it, it is the game, it kind of messes with me a bit, because it takes me a lot to realise what strategies I should use, and then it throws me completely. Um, but yeah, it's just really good, you try stuff out, don't work the first time, uh, which is great for someone like me, who doesn't... A lot of strategy games, like if I, I try playing Banner Saga again, and you mess up one move and that's it, you're screwed for the game. Yeah. Um, and I know I've made that mistake. I was like, oh, I shouldn't have done that. Why did I commit to that? Whereas this just goes, well, all right, go on then, go back. It's fine. Nah, not a problem at all. I'm going to say there's different paths and missions, different upgrades you can pick and, and stuff like that throughout. I say there's permadeath. So, you know, there is, if you mess up or you lose your, like, your core or whatever you're defending, then that's it, you, you know, you are, it is over and you need to start again. And it is difficult. It's not easy, which I like, but, you know, it allows you to experiment. There's, um, like, the main game, and it's got what I really, really like, and I want all games to have this. It's got, um, this has got a weekly, I don't know what they call it, but it's like a weekly event. So it hasn't got, like, daily runs or anything. It's got a weekly event um, into it, which is, again, it's really good. And, you know, that's one where all players get the same rather there's high scores with it and everything. So it has that to it. So you, you know, it's got that longevity. And I'm really liking it. I'm really, really liking it. And um, I can't wait for other people to try it. Nice. Nice. Yeah, no, it looks absolutely gorgeous as well. Um, mm. It sort of looks fairly minimal, but very nicely done. A little bit reminiscent of Transistor um, from the screenshots. Yes. Yeah, it's not as pretty as Transistor. I, I will, I will <laughs> say that. Um, it, uh, yeah, so that's probably a really good way to put it. Actually, it's I would say it's into the breach mixed with Transistor. That's probably a great if that's what you're looking for because Transistor had that time manipulation turn-based stuff, didn't it? Um, yeah, it's almost like it's taken inspiration from that. It's taken inspiration from Into the Breach and blended them together to make its own thing. Nice, nice. And on the sort of uh, strategy side of things, I know I saw the other day that Front Mission First remake is coming out, just keeping on the remake theme. Unfortunately, only Switch. So that, <laughs> I know that puts you off, but that's how... If that runs well, yeah. you never know. Yeah. So, I will, if it if I find out it runs well via emulation, I'll buy it and just run it via emulation on the Steam Deck. Which is what I'm starting to do now with with, with Switch games. Um, until I can get a nice chunky Switch, I think that's that that's my plan is to still purchase the game, but then run it via emulation. Yeah, I saw uh, not long ago that there's new Hori grip pads 
for the for the Switch that look really good. And they, okay. Yeah, I'll send you a link. Um, yes. But yeah, no, they look really good. But yeah, no, check it out. It's out on the 30th of November. Yes. Uh, yeah, I am aware. I, thought, I actually thought it was coming to more stuff, in all fairness. But I will, uh, yeah, I'll definitely check that out and see. And I hope, fingers crossed, it runs well. Because apparently Mario and Rabbids doesn't run well via emulation. I'm not going to lie. That's one I wasn't going to buy. I wasn't going to pay for that because you know why. Um, <laughs> well, uh, yeah. But that doesn't run well, so I'm not going to play it. No. And I've there's loads of stuff that doesn't run well on Yuzu. Loads of stuff like um, Yoshi that never got working properly. These are games I bought, by the way, paid for, and then tried yeah. them on PC just out of curiosity. Um, yeah, never could get Yoshi working properly, never got Kirby working properly, never got Astral Chain, which was the one I wanted to play in 60 frames most, working properly. So it's still at very early day. I don't know if they're ever going to do it, to be honest. I mean, Oh, I think they will. I mean, not in the next year or anything like that, but I think we'll be looking at... On PC, within the next five years, I reckon, we'll get stuff like that running well because the Steam Deck, in a way, has reinvigorated the emulation community. That's true. Uh, and, I, 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 you know, we started to see, like, for years and years, there was no movement on Xenia. You know, like, yeah. They just went, ah, none of this runs well, and so we don't really care. All of a sudden, they're trying to get stuff to run well on PC. Um, and, you know, there are people that make him sort of like doing things to get certain things. Well, it doesn't run well on Steam Deck at the moment. But there's um, like the Vita stuff. That was dead in the water. That's all of a sudden been reinvigorated. Yeah. So I think what we'll see, I think over the next five years, I think we'll see an absolute boom. And I don't think it's just Steam Deck. I think it's the Ambonic devices that are doing really well. They're all helping boost it. I think we'll see people go crazy with uh, Ryu Jinx and Yuzu to get that Switch stuff working well. And the next generation of Steam Deck, whether it's a Steam Deck 2 or whether it's just, a, you know, a revision or whatever, I think that will be the one where you'll start getting, like, original Switch games, not Switch 2, who's Switch 2, your mama 2 and all that. Um, <laughs> original Switch games running well on the Steam Deck 2, Electric Bugaloo. Um, I sound like I've got Tourette's today, it's bad. Um <laughs> Uh, but yeah, that's what I think will happen. But it, you know, it's growing really, really fast, and there's lots of stuff working that wasn't working, and it, it's really hard to keep up. And I'm just enjoying to see what happens. Yeah, uh, but Bio Confold on the 17th of November. That's that's a brilliant game. Yeah, nothing to do with Paul Oakenfold. Oh, that'd be awesome if he had the soundtrack. Yeah, it would. Wasn't he Oakenfold? Was that's Oakenfold? a very good question, and I have no idea. It sounds the same, and that's all that matters. Yeah, Paul Oakenfeld, Fat Boy Slim, Boy George. That blew oh, my Jesus. mind when I was younger, by the way. It turned out Boy George was a very respected, like, club DJ. Yeah. <laughs> um, just because I was, like, the age I was at the time, all I knew Boy George was, like, Culture Club. Was it Culture Club Boy George? He yes. was, wasn't he? Yeah. Uh, and it was like, what? Boy George, what? Oh, Jesus Christ, what sort of night have we come to? <laughs> you know, I really like Boy George's music, and was like, what sort of night have we come to? This isn't. And then he he done his set, and oh my god, he was a good DJ. Oh, nice. Properly like respected Ministry of Sound and everything, and it was just like really blew my mind. It's like finding out your dad was like a professional wrestler or something like that. <laughs> How did you know that? <laughs> Uh, but anyway, yeah, Oakenfeld, uh, no price, no idea on price, uh, runs really well on Steam Deck, um, 
uh, I think I had to adjust controls a little bit, just as a heads up on that. Whether that will change come release, I don't know. But yeah, really, really good. 17th of November, get it. Fantastic. What have you been playing, Stu? <laughs> come on. Well, the next one I've been playing is brand new, uh, except for the fact that it looks ancient, because it's uh, called, a game called Nightmare of Decay, and it's basically a Resident Evil game, just keeping with the themes, but in first person, but not a first person shooter. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's almost, but not quite, a remake of Resident Evil. So it's got a very similar graphical style. The setup is that you're... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I've just loaded it up to check my notes. I mean, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the first the first video, it's just ripped off from Resident Evil, Stu. Yep. He's got the little zombie doing the head turn. Look at, looking Christ over God, his shoulder, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It is, <laughs> it is firmly in the homage territory, sliding uh, into, you know, <laughs> like litigious. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, it's really funny. But, it, I mean, it plays it for that, you know. It, it's it's deliberately an homage. It's not kind of like, oh, yeah. look what I've done. It's brand new. So oh. that's cool. But, yeah, no, it's oh. very... <laughs> so it's very basic graphically. It's got a filter to make it look like it's got the same sort of pre-rendered backgrounds as the original game and being in first person doesn't make it any easier it really doesn't yeah. it's like what it what it's done is it's um you can strafe but strafe is really slow as is backpedaling so basically left right and back on your stick move you very 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 slowly um when you move you moving forward moves you at any real pace and even then not very fast and it's got all the same sort of ideas of puzzles and locations and getting into different areas by solving the puzzles and getting unlocks and yeah it's really really great it's it's quite tough it's quite a tough game um (laughs) you're still chuckling about how much it looks like the original aren't you I just, I just, I just keep doing it. (laughs) I'm so so sorry (laughs) Jesus Christ (laughs) <laughs> oh god that's bolt just for that alone the brazenness of it I'm, yeah, I'm buying it I don't care <laughs> yeah. it's four quid yeah yeah Fucking it's, it's got to be done um <laughs> Yeah, no, it's, it's I'll compose. I'll compose myself. Sorry, <laughs> it's good. No, it's um, it's it's really good. It's, uh, it's really hard. I think to translate that sort of thing well and and make it still fun. Um. And it has to be kind of original, but also harkening back, and the controls have to be right. And I think it's got the balance down really, really well. And I got it when it was on sale a couple of days ago. It was like £2.79 or something. You know, absolute bargain. I've got loads of that out of it already. Some head scratching, nicely head scratching puzzles, not crazy. Um, and some good, but not excessive backtracking so that you get to see different areas several times in different ways uh some surprises it's not really scary but it is tense in places yeah it's a really high recommend especially as it works like absolutely perfectly on the steam deck as you'd expect but um yeah yeah no it's a it's a really good you know time passer that's kind of damning it with faint praise it's it, no it's just a good game i yeah i four quid show you can't not really yeah I, it's just it looked it's, it's, it's getting past that initial 
video. It, you know, it looks like it plays well, slow-paced enough that it's not overwhelming um, in terms of... Oh, jeez, it started again. I've got to click off that video. Um, <laughs> it, it, it looks like... So I'm looking at it going, it could be a Resident Evil 1 mod. Um, yeah. For what it is. And if they'd put this out as, oh, this is Resident Evil, this is the sequel to the original Resident Evil... I would have gone, yeah. And if this is what Resident Evil Survivor, Survivor or Survivor? Survivor, whatever it yeah. is. Uh, if this is what that was, I would have been, yep, yeah, okay, get it. That's brilliant. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm buying that. Four quid, you can't not. Yeah, and really, apart, I suppose, apart from the resolution, there's very little that you couldn't do on the PS1 uh, with this. And the number of enemies on screen, sometimes it's like five, and I don't think that you could ever do more than about three in the Resident Evil games. But, yeah, no, it's... Uh, it's, it's really good. Um, oh, just very briefly on the, the combat. So it's like, well, how do they make it difficult? Well, apart from the speed of running around, the other thing is, like, it's pinpoint accuracy. So if you go for body shots, it does hardly any damage. You have to really go for headshots, and you've got very little ammo. The headshots even then don't do massive amounts of damage, and they have to be pin, you know, pinpoint and precise. And... Mm. You have that thing where you only do full damage if you stand still and let the reticle shrink so that it's down to a point. You know, it has in some games where it's a wide reticle yeah. and the longer you leave it, the, the more precise the aim becomes. Uh, that's a really great mechanic. And it's almost real, but one of the more realistic ways of doing a shooter, yes, in my opinion. definitely. Definitely. Because it's, you know, it, it abstracts what you do in real life. Yeah, and you've got, I'm assuming, sort of like, you've really got to decide of, right, can I stand here and get that shot away, or should I get going? Yes. As well, I'd imagine, comes into it. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, and then you've got that whole thing of, you know, have I got enough ammo? Am I, do I, am I coming back this way, so I need to kill this thing rather than try and dodge it every time? You know, all those things that work into a replay as well, which is why they're all so good for speedruns and replays and stuff like that. So, yeah, no, really good. Yeah, and it's getting, I just as I have it's getting an overwhelmingly positive on Steam as well. So, you know, it's, um, yeah, I, 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 first time hearing about it, trainer sold me within a second. Um, <laughs> you could eat, like, before he even turned his head, I kind of looked at it and just went, he's going to do it, isn't he? He's going <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. to do it. <laughs> Um, so oh good. Dear. Yeah. yeah, that's brilliant. Yeah, well, well done, Stu. You've got one sale for them. Hey, nice. Um, <laughs> um, um, I'll pick that up later, definitely. Um, Sweet. So, going completely away from homages to Resident Evil or plagiarism or whatever you want to call it, <laughs> I've been playing the what's going to be the end of an era type game. Um, I've played, played. I've played the very last WRC game that won't be Codemasters or EA. Oh. Um, WRC Generations, the FIA WRC official game. Just give it its full title. Right. Um, basically, it's more WRC 10, uh, which I thought was really, really, really good. Um, so you've got career mode championships. There's eSport type stuff. where I don't touch the eSport type stuff. I never have. I'm not good enough. Um, but single rallies, tournament type stuff, online basis, like time trials, etc., etc., etc. Um, 
it could make it as arcadey or realistic as you like in, in many ways. Um, it's, so it's as easy or as difficult as you really want it to be. And I think it's a really, really good rally game. We are not at dirt levels of, of quality in terms of like physics and everything, I don't think. Um, but I really like it. And what I really like about this is you could really tailor the length of a rally and they give you full length rallies as well. Right. Um, which I, I've always said that's one thing I think rally games have always missed is that full length rally. Um they've always been condensed. This has full length rallies in it. Right. Um and I welcome that. Um you know, if you're interested in these sort of things, there's hybrid cars in there as well, which are new to WRC in real life. Um so they're in there if you want them. You know, it's for anyone that's into sort of like rally properly, it's got all the bits you want. I think it looks as beautiful as the last one did. Um it plays as well as Ted did. I'll just go through a couple of the, the, the points with it as well. So you've got all 49 teams from the 2022 season, which includes like Rally 1, Rally 2, Junior WRC in there as well. A whole bunch of legendary cars are in there. Um, 750 kilometres of uh, track um, spread across the 22 official countries of the WRC, which is really good. Um, and it, yeah, it just feels like the most full rally game that i've played not the best rally game but the fullest rally game i've ever played in terms of yeah this is what i want i want a career where i'm actually doing a career not like a condensed thing uh yeah so but, uh, what i don't no, no, what i don't like and this is where after they, they try to do maybe a little bit more separation so you've got a career mode and you've got to build your team. Like you're the, you've got to choose who's the managers, who's who does the development and stuff like that. And I'm all for having that in there, but I would rather see that as you're the manager and someone does the racing. What I want to do is if I'm doing the racing, I don't want to care about who I'm hiring and firing and stuff like that. Let me be the driver. You know, maybe like go to me, oh, we want to hire this guy, you know, and this is what he breeds, what do you reckon? Let me have those, that kind of input, but don't don't let me have to be the one who has to make those decisions. Let me have input or go, right, this guy wants to do this testing. Can you get out on the test track? And you've got to go out and do it um, and stuff like that, which is, again, it's, it's something I like, but I know sort of like the career modes generally are everything, it's like everything all in. Um, yeah. It's some of the issues I have with like, uh, like the football manager games is that you're almost like the director as well do, do you want to do a director of football game make a director of football game let me be a coach uh, don't try to do the whole lot in one but anyway um, that's that's nitpicking overall lush environments um, wonderful graphics um, it's got Sweden in there and I think if I remember correctly I don't remember Sweden being in the last one um, so I don't know if it's new or if it's brought back or whether I'm just totally like a complete oversight on my part. But yeah, absolutely wonderful rally game. And it's, a you know, they are signing off in the best way possible. Um, you know, honestly, I think it's only downhill for here for WRC because it's going to EA and Codemasters. And I don't think they'll do as good a job. The thing is, even if they did an, uh, an exceptional job, I like you, I wouldn't be buying it. So, because <laughs> they're part of EA. So, yeah. Honor. Yeah, and it's you know it's bound to have some kind of monetization in it and whatever. Whereas this is just a pure, pure, pure rally game. You know, it's got you know they've added as much as they can and it's got bells and whistles, but it's all in the game. 
ironically, yeah. which don't get with EA these days. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I've already stuck this now on my uh, wish list for PS5 for Christmas. Oh, is it coming out? Oh, it will come out on console, won't it? Oh, it'll probably come out on Switch as well, actually. All the others have come out on Switch, like yeah. completely like potato-looking versions <laughs> of them, but they played well. Um, but yeah, no, uh, runs well on the Steam Deck. No, it doesn't. That's a lie. Bear with me. Did not run on the Steam Deck, technically. I had to stream it on the Steam Deck via the PC. Right. That, But... Via the streaming, controls absolutely spot on, um, and it played brilliantly uh, on the Steam Deck via streaming. As it stands, it does not run on the Steam Deck, but nor does WRC 10 at the moment for some reason, even though that did run at one point. But yeah, whatever. I think it's to do with uh, anti-cheat possibly might be causing it or something. But yeah, so be beware. If you want to buy it for Steam Deck, you're going to need a good PC to stream it from. Fair play. Yeah. And I do want to touch on one other game very quickly. Um, it's only a short game, so I'm only going to give it a, a short airing. Uh, but it's a game called Pinball Wizard. You know me, I'm a sucker for pinball, Stu. I love a bit of pinball. Okay. Um, and this is like basically a dungeon-crawling pinball game. Um, nice. Which usually you go, oh, that's really unique. But, you know, it's been done now. Uh, you know, Rollers of the Realms done it. There's a few others, etc. So, you know, it's something we've all seen. Um, it's got this, like, cartoony style to it. Uh, like almost like this paper crafty cartoon style that's popular. Um, basically, you get these dungeons. They're like they're round in nature. Some have extra levels to them, and you control this wizard, and you've got to hit all the enemies by throwing the wizard up to them and hitting them at the right time with a certain colours, collecting different bits, collecting power ups, progressing through the level to collect the key to open the door to go to the new level. It's fine. You loot, you do all this, it's it, it's fine. It doesn't have proper pinball physics, which is a big no-no for me if you want a game like this. If it's a pinball-based game, it's got to have proper pinball physics. This doesn't, and that, that's a bit off-putting. But that being said, it's an enjoyable game. Um, it's not wonderful. Um, it's not bad. It's enjoyable. Um, I for me, I've played it through once. There is some extra bits you could do. There's like uh, daily dungeons and that. Not that asked about the <laughs> daily dungeons. It's not good enough for me to really care about it. So now I've completed it. I wanted to complete. It only took about three to four hours to get through it. I think it was twenty-ish levels. Um, and there's like a massive boss at the end, which took a couple of opportunities, but it's not not difficult. You know, you die. You could start again from literally where you died from. Um, so, but it's just fine. Um, and I can't remember how much it was. Uh, it was a fiver. Um, do you know what? Yeah. If you're just looking for something just to pass away a weekend or an afternoon or an evening, just you, it's fine. Um, yeah, which is that's about all I can say really. It's it, it's fine. There's nothing wrong with it. There's nothing great about it. It's been done better, but there's a lot worse. I can't remember that one I played some like foxy raccoons pinball thing a, a few months back that was god awful. Um, you know, <laughs> it's just yeah, it's it's playable. It's forgettable. You know, this is I suppose it's a good cup of coffee game if you had a cake with it because it's a bit more expensive. <laughs> yeah, coffee and a cake. Yeah, what kind of cake though? Uh, uh maybe a muffin. Ah, yeah. 
So a choice. I, I don't mind. I don't mind a muffin. It's not my first choice. Um, I don't yeah. really like cake. I'm not a big cake fan, so but. Uh, Egg sausage roll. Oh God, no! <laughs> You're far too classy uh, for that, aren't you? Oh no, I like the chicken pasties and stuff. It's sausage roll. It's just it's not. They're greasy. Um, but yeah, I prefer the Sayers. Yeah, yeah. I must admit, Sayers sausage rolls are much better. The pinker inside. Um, I don't know if that's a good thing or not. Fairness, <laughs> but I much prefer the Sayers when I lived in Liverpool. Or was it Pound Bakery now? Whatever they call it. I think it, it is. Yeah, so some of them got taken over. This is fascinating yeah. content, isn't it? It is. Uh, so yeah, it's. A, I tell you what, it's a Sayers sausage roll and a coffee game. Yeah. There you go. Uh, get it with your little model lamb banana. Lamb <laughs> uh, banana game. Someone make a lamb banana game. Do it. Yeah, they really need um, to. Because all the developers listen to us. Come on. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's honestly it's fine. I hate. It, it, I, I feel like I, I want to say something because I feel like I'm downplaying it, but I can't be on, it's fine, but that's not damning. I don't want that to be a damning thing. Um, yeah. It's, it, it's fine. Um, that's enough. Sometimes that's just enough. Yes. Uh, right. Is there any other games you want to talk about? Nope. Nothing more from me. So, just very briefly, he says, you enjoy the five-second silence before we start, don't you, for the sound check? You love that bit. It's the, it's the best part of the week, because I know that there's, <laughs> no, <laughs> there's no pain in that five seconds. Yeah. I mean, you could insert that. Insert that here, Stu, just to make it a bit more. Insert it here so people get an idea of your favourite bit of the week. <laughs> um, but I've, um, I went to see my diabetes clinic um, yesterday as of recording. Um, and I, I, I spoke to him because of my vision's gone down. It's the first time I've seen them really since I've been diagnosed fully blind. Um, and I said, they said about, are you monitoring your, your diabetes? I said, not, not very well at all. I keep forgetting for one, you know, ADHD, I keep forgetting. Um, I keep asking if I could have a pump. They won't give me a pump because I need to be managing my diabetes properly to get a pump. Even though I need a pump because I can't manage my diabetes properly. Yep. Anyway. Yep. Yeah, well done, you know, the medical system. Uh, but I did get a Libra system, diabetes monitor. And already in the first 24 hours, it's changed my life. Um, oh, wow. Really? So before that, I had to do the pinpricks. Now, this is why I wouldn't do read my blood sugars. Uh, obviously, I can't read the machines anymore. But before, the reason I wouldn't do it is I needed to remember to go and get the machine, take the machine out, get a needle out and put that in its little pinpricker device, pull that, make sure that's all done properly, um, put a a, 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 a a little strip into the reader, prick my finger, hope I get enough blood from it, Put use the reader, wait for that, and blah, blah. So it's a lot of faff to read your blood sugars. And I couldn't be asked. in all fairness. Um, <laughs> I'll, I'll do it, but then I'll get distracted. But I'm not going to lie, I just couldn't be asked. It's faff. I've got better things I can do. Uh, I haven't, but, you know, in my mind, I've got better things I can do. Yeah, theoretically. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I'll do that in a bit. You know, you get, like, uh, like paralysis with it. It's just, I just... Uh, so, I've always said I want one of these because it'll help me manage it. And they was like, no, you can't get it because you've got to manage your diabetes properly, blah, blah, blah. So, my eye clinic people, uh, support workers there, say, go to them and say, look, you can't read the machines. You can't do it. You can't play with needles like that where you can't see. 
Um, you, you know, we want you to be independent, so you can't rely on Lorraine to do it all the time. So I went to them, yeah. and yeah, straight away, they went, yeah, go ahead. You can have one of those now. You haven't, you know, it's on the NHS. You haven't got to pay £116 every two weeks if Jesus. you was private. Um, and it's literally just this little disc that goes on your arm. Um, you kind of, like, you get this little device that you put on your arm, you press a button, and it, like, basically needles into your arm um, and then sticks this disc to your arm. Um, and then, basically, you wave your phone over it and it reads your blood sugars for you. Nice. Um and it sets alarms, so it's constantly reading, but you have to, like, put your phone over it to register a reading, but it's constantly reading. And when your blood sugars go too high or too low, it gives you an alarm. Jesus Christ, it's a loud alarm, and it scares the living bejesus out. <laughs> it gets an alarm going, so you go, oh, Jesus Christ, yeah. And you get to see what your blood sugars are doing and everything like that. And even if you forget, this is, this is the bonus of it. I might be sitting here now, and I should have done my blood sugars about half an hour ago. Which is, you know, but usually I'll be like, oh, I can't be asked now. Where was this? Once I've done it, I've just got to wave my phone over my arm and it's done. So even if yeah. I forget, it doesn't matter where I am. I'll just wave my phone over my arm, get a reading, off you go. Um, and what I've been able to see already today is, even though I took my insulin with my breakfast, I only had some porridge, my blood sugars have gone up quite drastically since the morning. Yeah. Um, I don't know why. It could just be now, okay, maybe I'm not taking enough insulin. But I know that now. Rather than relying on my own self to work it out, I could go, well, my blood sugars have gone up after porridge, even though I took the right, my usual amount. Maybe that's why I'm tired in the mornings after breakfast and stuff like that, because my blood yeah. sugars are going up. Um, so it's allowed me now to go, right, well, tomorrow I can experiment a bit. I'll take a couple of extra units, see what happens. And, you know, I can work with it. And if I take too much and it goes starts going low, it's going to warm me so I can get a bit of sugar in if I have to. Honestly, it's brilliant. And the sooner that's the standard for diabetics, the better. Because I can't see how it's not cost-effective for the NHS either. Because I get a new disc every two weeks... The reader is on the phone, so it's an app. It sends the data straight to the hospital as well, uh, which is which is really good. Um, and, you know, you're producing one disc every two weeks rather than, theoretically, 50-odd needles and lancets, 50-odd, uh, sorry, like lancets and... Um, reading strips every every couple of weeks it's it's generally going to be more cost effective at some point so hopefully that becomes a standard because it will save lives um you know if i had this 10 years ago i don't think i'd be having my site issues now because i can help manage it better um so honestly i think it'll be life-saving so the sooner that's there the better yeah well, it's an ethical thing from the tories though isn't it it's like you know, it's not about the money because it would probably save them money in the long run. But they're like, well, no, you still need to beg for these things if you want to have them or prove that you are absolutely at the utmost end of need before you can have them. Um, yeah, but I'm glad that you've you've got it and you deserve it. Yeah. So that's really cool. But also I could pretend I'm in Duracex Human Revolution because now I have implants and I'm implanted. <laughs> Cyberman, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's really cool. It's at the back of my arm as well, which is which is... So it's, they do it so it's kind of hidden as well. But it really don't bother me. You know, I, I don't care. I, I quite like having a disc. I, I, and now I want to get the eyes. I want, like, I've got that disc. I now want, I can't remember his name, but Fingy uh, Fingy's like, he gets the glasses with the uh, the optical eyes and stuff like that. I want that next. What, Geordie LaForge? Stick me in. No, from Jewish X. Oh, What's yeah. His name? What's the he called? Character. I want to say Ethan. It's not Ethan. It might be Ethan. Frank. I don't know. Steve, Keith. <laughs> yeah, 
I want to go, yeah, something like that with someone called Keith. That That'd be, be amazing. So good. so good. Adam, Adam Jensen, that's it. Ah, right, yeah. Um, that's, I, I, that's my plan in life, to become a walking Adam Jensen. Nice. I must try the second game. I, I couldn't be bothered playing it on my PC, but I might be bothered to play it on my Steam Deck, so might have to download yeah, that again. If they've managed to sort of patch out the microtransaction bullshit they put into it. Oh, I didn't That's know. the only thing that's put me off playing that one. Oh, bummer. Uh, yeah, it's one of those where it released okay, and then they threw in a load of stuff post-release after the reviews went out. Um, they may have patched that out. They might have done, what was it, the uh, Shadow of War? Yeah. Middle-earth game? They done that, didn't they? They put in a load of microtransaction bullshit and they took it out. Um, yeah. So it might be okay now. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, that's diabetes. It's, you know, I'm, I'm now Adam Jensen. <laughs> Excellent. Glad to hear it at last. We've all been praying for it. Yes. Um, anything you want to add or anything you want to talk about? No, no, I'm good. In that case, I'm going to give you the second best five minutes of your life and I'm going to shut up now. Yeah, where it's breathing in the, you know, the relaxation, the chill vibes. It's nice, nice. Well, no, obviously we take the piss, but it's no, it's no chore speaking to you whatsoever. So, as usual, follow us on all the socials. Join our Discord if you want to chat about any subject you like, including mental health. And, in the meantime, stay safe and stay sane. <laughs>